0: What's up? This is Ralph Trezvan. You're listening to Reviews and Done
1: with my dude, Derek Dunn. Keep it locked, man.
0: What up, world? Once again, it's your boy, your interviewer, your man, Derek Dunn. of Reviews and Done, back with another fire interview. Now, my guest today, um, what can I say about this cat, man? This cat's been directed by filmmakers such as Mario Van Peebles, the Hughes Brothers, and Barry Levinson. He's worked alongside comics like Royal Rotkins, Monique, and Jamie Foxx. But you all know him best as a scene-stealing character, brub man from the fifth floor, from the classic show Martin. That's right, folks, I'm talking about the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Reginald Ballard. Welcome to the line, sir. How you doing today?
1: Yo, what's up, bro, man? From the fifth floor, <laughs> that's what they know me as, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, but you know, it's 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 more than that, you
1: know. It, it's, uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. Just got through playing golf, man. You know, the cats out there arguing all the time, man. I played <laughs> with uh, played with Dwayne Martin today, man. Ooh. He was out there arguing his butt off, man. <laughs>
0: Cool, cool. I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule during the time of the um, COVID crisis to chop it up with a young a young brother like myself and just uh, tell folks more about your career and what else you've done besides, you know, Martin, because, you know, you're more than a one-trick pony, in my opinion. You know, I've been following your right, career right. for the past 30-plus years, so let's go ahead and uh, get right into it. Yes, so, sir. You grew up in Texas, and, you know, you played football as a linebacker before you caught the acting bug, and I understand you were a hell of a player. So had you gone pro, what team would you like to play for?
1: Well, it's funny to say that because a team that I don't like now, I, I, I would have played for back then. That was the Dallas Cowboys, man, because SMU was in Dallas, and I love Dallas. So if I would have, you know, went, I didn't I'd want to play for the Cowboys because I already knew the city. And you know, fell in love with the city, so I would have played it. But now, I mean, I, I don't like the Cowboys now. <laughs> you know the way they fired Tom Landry, man. I ain't a cowboy fan no more.
0: Cool, cool. So, who's your team now?
1: Pittsburgh Steelers, baby. We're undefeated. Nice. I go for the black coach, man. <laughs> cool. uh, I hear that. For Pittsburgh, all the way.
0: So after, um. You know, football, you catch the acting bug in college, and one of your first acting roles was playing C.J. Memphis, somewhat of a tragic character in a school production of A Soldier Story. You guys all know, you know, it's popular line from that that Martin once said, the day of the Geechee is over.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man, we did like seven, what, seven nights, I think, in college. We did seven, uh, eight nights. And uh, sold out every night, man. And uh, standing o, man, every night. It was, it was like one of my first uh, acting productions. You know what I mean. And I played CJ Memphis, man. A uh, uh, you know a complex, a complex type of character. You know, um, it was good. I loved it, man. I loved, I love theater, man. I love live theater. You know, live theater is really, you know, where you really have to have your chops right you know you can't cut and go back you know what i mean yes sir. so yeah I, I had a ball over there man you know the black theater workshop that's we had over there at, uh university of missouri
0: so who played the uh sergeant waters to your uh, cj man, Memphis? you know
1: it's funny man because i saw that <laughs> i don't remember who played sergeant waters man but he was good but um man i i really don't remember man but i know that uh the professor ruffin ta- uh uh Clyde Ruffin played, uh, he was the professor, the, 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 the acting uh, teacher, uh, professor at the time. He played uh, Howard Rollins' part, man, you know, um, the, uh, the captain, yeah. black captain, he played that character. Because we had one character, this guy, he didn't get his lines down right, man. He was kept on playing around, wasn't coming to rehearsal. So he didn't have it down. So the uh, professor, he took over and did it. Did a darn good job too.
0: Yeah, I was, Um, I had plans on going to see A Soldier Story in New York. I was going to take my mom and my wife and my son to see it with uh, Blair Underwood, right? David Allen Greer playing Sergeant Waters, but, you know, the COVID hit, so
1: couldn't yeah. get away.
0: Man. All right, so the first time I can recall seeing you on the screen was on the Short-Lived Fox show that folks might not remember, True Colors. It had a Frankie Faison first, then Cleavon. Yeah. So how'd you end up booking that role?
1: My man Frankie Faison and Nancy Walker, the rest in peace, man. Um, well, it, it was just another audition, man. I went in and auditioned, and um, you know I got the part, man. And um, you know when when I when I did it, it was supposed to be for one episode, and then they liked the character, man. They say you know what? They brought me back like four more times, so I did like five episodes of that show. And uh, man, we had man, it was fun because you know I got to work after Frankie Faison left. The show i got to work with uh Clevon little man yes. from blazing saddles
0: yes sir rest in peace and, Cleveland uh, yeah, little.
1: Yeah, i work with some man i work with some 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 legends in my life i i just i just went back over the the, the stuff that i've done and i and i and i realized that you know some of the guy I man i worked with um james khan man and and billy d and and yeah, you, you know all them, yeah, man, all them cats, man, you know, and, and uh, uh, Jack Warden and Nancy Walker and, you know, so many, man. And and it, it's just is just puzzling to me because, you know, I grew up watching these. I grew up watching Billy Dean and, and James Cunn and uh, Brian song, you know what I'm saying, when I was a kid in elementary, man. You know, that movie make you cry. And I ended up working with both of them cats, man. I would have never thought that you know, growing
0: up as a kid, man. Yeah, man. Well, you know, one of the things about you, um, I had an interview earlier today with um, Andre Fuller, who's, a, who's an actor, and um, yeah. you're one of those cats that you often see, like, going back, you're like, yo, that's from, man, from Martin, like, in so many things. So, you know, I got to ask you, like, memories about working with Kid and Play and Thomas McCall Ford before Martin and you know, the classic, a class act, where you played uh, Fruity.
1: Right, right, right. Now I got a story about that one, man. Um Tommy, you know, um, uh, I didn't I didn't know Tommy at the time before the Martin thing. You know, I didn't know Tommy, you know, well. But Tommy is the reason I got my union card, my SAG card, is because he was doing this movie called um uh I Love You to Death with River Phoenix, Kevin Klein, and Tracy Ullman. And he didn't show up. I was just supposed to be his stand-in, you know, stand-in as somebody that, you know, stand in front of the camera, you know, and get the line for the camera and all that stuff and focus for the camera so the real actor could step in and just go to work. So I was his stand-in. And Tommy didn't show up, man, he didn't show up because he was doing um, Harlem Nights at the time. So when he didn't show up, man, I just stood there behind River Phoenix and, you know, in order to get your sad card, you have to speak in a movie, right? Yeah. So <laughs> so I said, I just started talking. I said, hey, man, the only thing I was saying to myself, the only thing they could do to me is tell me to shut up or go home. I said, they can't put their hands on me, so I'm just gonna start talking. So I started talking, man, and Lawrence Kasdan came over there and gave me a contract, and that's how I got my uh, union card, man. But, you know, when we did class act, I didn't even know that at the time, you know, and then when we did Martin, I think I think we we had I had said, Yeah, man, you the guy that was supposed to do um uh you know uh I love you to death, man. He said, Yeah, man, I ain't show up because I was doing Harlem nice. And I said, Well, I appreciate that because that's how I got my union card, dude. That's how I got my foot in. <laughs> that's how I went down. Yep.
0: All right, so it's 93, more roles start to roll in, including the brief role. In Minute Society, where you had the chance to chop it up with a young Brandon Hammond and uh, Glenn Plummer. So when you're making A Minute Society, did you have any idea the movie would become as iconic as it did? I
1: had no idea, man. I just thought there was another movie that was, you know, I got a little part in it, you know, Glenn Plummer. You know, it's funny, because me and Glenn, I just played golf with him about three weeks ago. And, um, uh, you know, that's the first time I've seen him since, the, since that movie. But yeah, um, uh, yeah man, it, it, I, I I didn't know that it was gonna be as big as it, it 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 became. I I was just doing something, and you know, after I did it, I left, and you know, that was it. I I don't even think I stayed around to see Sam Jackson in part. You know, what I mean, Sam wasn't that big at the time either. You know what I mean? Him, yeah. Candy, Alexander. You know, shoot, man, we was just Brand little li- li- what's his name Brandon?
0: Hey, okay. Brandon Hammond. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah my I think right right. had the same agent, man. We was with William Morris at the time. Well, I don't know if I was with her then, but yeah, man. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I had no idea that movie was going to take off like it did. Yeah, so yeah.
0: See, folks, I hope you learned about this, you know, about Mr. Reginald Ballard, man. Yeah, he's much more than Brumman. man. We haven't even got to the meat of the, of the <laughs> interview yet. Yeah. I 93, mean, man. Like, you know, that seems to be a year. So, 93, y'all make a guest appearance on a different world in the Billy Williams episode now. Yeah. Billy, Billy, Billy Dee's character ends up roasting you. Was that an ad lib line or was that in the script?
1: I think that was an ad lib line, man. They, he did it, and then uh, they said, oh, that was funny. And then they <laughs> just wrote it. <laughs> they just wrote it in, man. That's a real cool dude, man. It's another story behind it. Uh, I learned from him when I seen Billy D. You know, he used, he stayed behind the scenes until his character was introduced. You know, he didn't come out in front of the audience until it was time for his character to be, you know, to come through to do his, his scene. And, you know, it was more effect, man. So the audience, when he came through the door, the audience was like, they was like screaming because they didn't see him the whole time, you know? So I learned that from him. So when I used to do Martin, I never walked in front of the audience until it was time for me to come out the window. When it was time for me to come out the window, then the audience used to go crazy. But if I'd have been walking in front of the audience before that, you know, the effect wouldn't have been there because they, like, you know, would have already seen me, you know. So I learned that from Billy D working on that show, man.
0: All right. So, like I said, 93, man, that seems to be a year. So, 93, you make your first appearance as the iconic brother man on Martin in your episode you made your debate, your episode you made your debut and was beat it. So how did you end up getting the role of the Barb Man on Martin?
1: Oh man, I didn't know. That was a 93. Wow. Okay. Um that was another I, I went in to read for uh Eileen. I mean, uh, yeah, Eileen McKnight, man. She's a cast and director. And I went in to read for her and I did it one way. And she said, Well, can you do something a little different? And I said, okay. So I put the little flavor, the brother man flavor in there. You know, that's that's kind of a mix with Texas. You know, Texas slang, man. We talk kind of slow sometimes. Like, yo, man, if it don't get done today, it get done tomorrow. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I put a little Texas flavor in there, man. Then you know, she said, okay, yeah, I like it. I like that. So she took me across, you know, across the street, and that's where the producers were, man. Martin. And, uh, you know, Benny Richburg and all them cats sitting up in there, man, with their hat tilted to the side, looking at me like I'm crazy. And I went in there, man, I did it, did the four fingers, man. That wasn't in the script. And, um, man, they were they were rolling, dude. And that's the first job that I got hired on the spot. I didn't have to go back home and wait till my agent called me. They hired me right there on the spot, man. And
0: now that you – uh bringing that up with the whole Texas connection. I have uh, my family on my mom's side is actually based in Texas. So like hearing you talk about like, you know, I'm right now thinking about one of my cousins who has some of those same like mannerisms that a uh, brother man had just laid back and just, you know, the life of the party and always uh, cool. But I ain't I ain't been to Texas and
1: a minute. Very yeah. small
0: town called uh, Goliad.
1: Goliad, Texas, never heard of. My, my wife went to Goliad school, elementary. Yeah,
0: way out there. It's like about an It's 30 minutes from Victoria and like 90 minutes from San Antonio.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I know that area. I know what you're talking about. All
0: right, so when you're on Martin, you know, brother man's doing his thing. How much input did you have on the character? Did you always go by the script?
1: Oh, man, you know, I, I, kept, it, I kept it, you know, uh, to the script for as um, – you know, I the integrity of the script, I, I I kept it there. But the words, I I messed around myself. You know, they they couldn't really write some of the stuff that I would say. You know, so I I, I would you know still be along the line. I don't get off script. Far as you know, going to a whole nother story. But um, I did you know improv my own words and you know the the movements and the the walk and all that stuff. That was all me, man.
0: Well, I mean, uh, so my favorite, um, it's so many, but I think that the one that stands out the most for me with Brother Man is the, um, the CD player episode where you, um, borrow yeah. Martin's, uh, yeah. CD player. Now, when they were shooting that sequence where he, Martin had the, uh, stuffed dog, and you see uh, Tommy just cracking up, like were you watching them shoot that scene, and then you came in through the, um, mm-hmm. from the window. Like, I mean, how hard was it to keep, how hard was it to keep a straight face around Martin, like cutting up?
1: I'm gonna tell you why that scene was, was, was hard to not laugh because during the week, man, you know, you, you rehearse, you rehearse about four days and you, you shoot on the fifth day. So all through rehearsal, the fake dog wasn't there, you know, so they were supposed to get a real dog. So at the last minute, they couldn't get the real dog cleared to, to come. So they at the last minute, nobody knew that Mar was going to come walking through there with that fake dog. And when he came through there with the fake dog, dude, everybody was cracking up. Because they were like, yo, man. <laughs> so Tommy was trying to hold it. DeMar was all That was all in pride, Martin, man. You know, when the dog fell down, lay down, lay down, yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> so... Tommy and them was rolling because they didn't see that the whole weekend rehearsal. Right. And, uh, they surprised them. They, they, they just sprung that on them. And then when I came through the window and I saw the dog, I came and looked at the dog and like, like trying to make the dog get up. (laughs) I just kept on walking and man, we all, you know, tried to hold it as best we could, man. But that's why Tommy, and the rest of the cast, man, was over there laughing because they, they like they never seen that before. That's the story behind the dog.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. That's, uh, that's my, that man, the episode where you did the, um, they had Gina's bachelor party. He popped it out of the cake, and you said, "Uh, I got to get my strip on or something." Man, it's it's so yeah. many like just iconic, bruh man, moments, and the timing was like always on, always on point. It was like it was just so so sharp
1: oh <laughs> uh, thanks man yeah work hard at the craft man work hard in my craft man believe it or not
0: all right so following your tenure on martin you were briefly on a, on a sitcom called the show from martin co-creator john bowman I, I remember the show you know i thought the show had a good concept where you have one sole mm-hmm. white writer joining right. a black writing room yeah so why do you think that show didn't last? You think it was just too soon for that concept? Well, back you know, in '96,
1: I, I, I'm telling you a lot of secrets, man, that I never told anybody else, man. I don't know why, but um, the story behind that show is it was about a it was about a um, guy that had his own show, and he used to flex, you know, in front of the producers, in front of his boys, you know, what I'm saying, his boys around. He used to flex. You know, have all the power, but when his boys leave, he bow down to the producers. You know, and that story was really about Martin. <laughs> 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 but Martin didn't know. You know, John Bowman then brought it over there because they say that's how he was. <laughs> so you know, uh, maybe I shouldn't have told you that, but you know, that's that that's how they went down. Oh. And that's probably why the show didn't last that long. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I said, the show was cool because, you know, you had Mysterio Clark on there, and I remember they had this, um, one of the one of the skits that, you know, always took out to me on that show was, um, they did a parody of Friends with Mysterio Clark was the lead, and he was, like, the token Black friend. And how they set it up was, like, you know, at the time, Friends didn't have any body Black principal in the cast, and yeah, they're in New York. You mean to tell me ain't nobody black in New York, so that's made that uh, skit work.
1: Yeah.
0: Alright, <laughs> so, you know, after Martin, you know, as you mentioned, you know, you never slowed down with your act. In 2001, yeah. you began a role as WB on the Bernie Mac show. Uh-huh. am I asking? How was it working with Bernie and just being around that positive R Man. that Mr. Mac had?
1: That Bernie was the coolest uh, dude that I've been around in this business, man. He was when he asked you how you doing, Bernie meant how you doing. He mean what kind of movie deal you got. I mean he was sincere, man, love Chicago. He um uh, that's his home. Um man, we used to sit around the table, man, or the poker table. We used to laugh and joke and he used to tell us some funny stories and when the cam when they said action, man, we'll go right into our scene, man. And then we say cut We'll go right back into talking about what we're talking about, man. That's how easy and smooth that we were working together.
0: Cool, cool.
1: Yeah, cool I miss, uh... to catch the game, man. And then, you know, when he got sick, man, um it was crazy, you know. But but you know, he he um, he's cool. He cool cat.
0: I, I had a chance to see uh Coney Montana. A few years ago, uh, I saw Michael Blackson at the Improv here in DC, and you know, bought his DVD because I support you know all black arts. And I understand oh. you co-wrote that with, with Mr. Blackson. How was that writing experience? Are you talking How about
1: did... that, uh, uh, Tony Montana? Oh yeah, man, that was cool, man. man. we made that stuff up as we went along, man. We made that as you know, it, it was cool working with it, but it, it, we had no script. We just we just going off <laughs> the movie, man.
0: Cool, cool. All right, you know, I got to I got hit you with a couple of horror questions, man. Before I let oh, you gotta go, do,
1: gotta do, brother.
0: All right, so you're a huge black exploitation fan. What are your top five films from the genre that you keep on repeat?
1: Oh man, I love Uptown Saturday Night. I love um, uh, Truck Turner. I love Let's Do It Again. I love. Um, 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 three the hard way, and what's the other one? Probably would be. Oh no, man, that's four right there, right? Yeah. Uh, I would say maybe what Bingo Long, traveling All Stars.
0: You ever see uh, Soul Vengeance?
1: Soul Vengeance was about with the girl.
0: Nah, well, the other title was Welcome Home, Brother Charles.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, I seen that. I seen Yeah, that.
0: <laughs> so you know what it's, uh... Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, man. It, it, ain't, it ain't too many I haven't seen, bro.
0: Yeah, so you so, so you know Welcome Home, Brother Charles is about, uh, my my godfather told me about that, like, way back in 99, and a video store was closing down, so he found it, so I'm like, man, you lying, man. Ain't...
1: Is that the one about the dude with the big penis?
0: Yeah, where he was killing folks with it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had yeah. no idea it was a movie like that. And my uh, guy was like, I'm telling you, man. Like, you know, yeah, that, that joint was uh, wild. Yeah. So in addition to being a, a huge Black exploitation fan, you're also a jazz fanatic.
1: Uh-huh. So
0: if you could see any jazz mission's life story told on the big screen, who would you like to see that hasn't been told yet?
1: Uh, Got to be John Coltrane.
0: And who would you like to see play him?
1: Um, hmm. I think I could be a good John Coltrane, man.
0: Well, you know, as they say, brother, the best uh, comics make the best. Um,
1: good the Coltrane, man. If not me, probably uh, Wendy Pierce might be a little too short, but... Um, I think I'd be a good cold coach, man. When the Pierce the play uh, uh BB Kings.
0: Yeah, you know, as they say, man, the best um comics make the best dramatic actors.
1: Yeah, there you go. Man, that's crazy, man. I'm I'm just getting a text, man. I ain't heard from this brother. From DL Hewley just text me, man. Do we, is he listening to your show or something?
0: <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> trying to, I'm, I'm trying to get DL on here too. So wow. You actually have a gifted gab, but you didn't start doing the stand-up until later in your career. So what advice mm-hmm. can you offer to aspiring stand-up comics?
1: Uh, the aspiring stand-up comics, man, to, to stay to stay uh, to stay in it, man, to stay in it. To stay in it. Don't give up, man. I mean, you know, all the, the open mics that you can do. Um, all the um uh chances that you get to be on stage, man, just 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 do it, man. Just do it. You know, I mean, you know, don't let nobody tell you, you know, oh, man, you can't do this, you can't do that. I mean, because I remember my aunt told me not to come down here. She told me to go to the NFL, man, and don't come being no actor because it's hard. You know, I said, okay, well, we'll be pulling in Friday. I ain't even listened to it, man. If I would Listen to her, man. I probably, Maybe I would have went to the NFL. Maybe I would be all broke up right now. So, yeah, man. That's it. All
0: right. Well, before I let you go, do you mind if I ask you a couple questions and you, you respond as Brubman man in
1: 2020?
0: Huh? Before I let you go, do you mind if I uh, ask you a couple questions and you give me a brub man response yeah. in 2020?
1: Say Brother man in 2020?
0: Yeah. Just, uh, so, Brother man chilling during the time of COVID.
1: Okay, okay. Time of COVID. That's what it is? Yeah,
0: time yeah, Brother Man chilling during the time of COVID.
1: Okay. Okay, now? Yeah. Yo, this Brother Man chilling in time of COVID.
0: The Lakers winning the NBA championship. What's Brother Man's response to that?
1: Yo, my Lakers won the championship. I'm so happy about it that I went out and ate me a couple of tuna fish sandwiches. <laughs>
0: <laughs> bro, bro, man hearing Cardi, Car, Cardi B's WAP for the first time.
1: Say, say it again.
0: Bro, man hearing Cardi B's WAP oh. for the first time.
1: Yo, I listened to that Cardi B's WAP for the first time and. She got it on point. Make a brother pull out game week.
0: (laughs) 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 Finally, bro man trying Popeye chicken sandwich for the first time.
1: Yo, I tried that Popeye chicken sandwich for the first time. My mama chicken sandwich is a whole lot better. That one slice of bread with that drumstick in the middle. That's the best chicken sandwich on the planet.
0: Ah, uh, man, you made my <laughs> Cardi B joint. All right, get professional. All right, folks, I hope you guys enjoy my interview with Mr. Reginald Ballard. Uh, Mr. Ballard, where can folks find you on social media? And is there anything you'd like to add?
1: Uh, they can find me on uh, Reginald Battle on Facebook and uh, Instagram, Brothman underscore Float. All
0: right. Well, you folks uh, know I have to leave with a quote, and you know, let's keep it with a legend. Even when I was a little kid, I always said I would be in the movies one day, and damned if I didn't make it. Richard Pryor. Until the next time, done. out. Uh,
1: this is Brock Obama. Uh, tune in next week for another episode of Reviews and Dunn. Uh, with your host, formerly known as uh, DJ Aftermath. Uh, but still the slow jam king. DMV's own Derek Dunn.